Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. We're about to go live here, Blog Talk, in just one moment. We're getting ready to invite our Periscope and our Facebook audience to class tonight. So our students in-house are preparing here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for them to, hallelujah, learn something new about the prophecy and the continuum. How many of y'all enjoy us talking about prophecy and the continuum? Yes. Because, you ready? Oh, we're ready. Welcome, welcome to... Yes, 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 we are already in class. My class is already here. Now we're inviting you on board, Periscope. Raw Talk has already joined us, and so and Facebook will be joining us shortly. And so we are going to be talking about prophecy and the continuum. And you guys see I had something back that I absolutely love, and that's a whiteboard. Everybody knows me in my whiteboard edition. And I've been so restrained and having to be so good, you know, when I was on the normal set, right? But now we're in class, so we're going to do some classroom things tonight. So I want to thank you guys for joining us for this edition of Wednesday Warriors. We're going to have a great class. We're going to have a great session. We are still in our favorite book, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. And we are taking bite-sized pieces out of a, I say, phenomenally dense revelation so that we can understand who we are, who our God is, where we come from, and where this thing is going to. You know, I said on uh, the Wednesday Warriors group page in our study group that you can enjoy your Christianity better because you know where it's going. Doesn't it make, doesn't it make serving Jesus a lot easier when you know where it started and how it's going to end? Okay? I love that Dr. Christ gave us the treasure of knowing Okay, where our faith originates, where we are to participate, and what the end product is supposed to be, or I should say what we are to replicate, right? Because we're not doing this to just be religious, nice religious people, are we? No. In fact, we don't do this for religion. What do we do this for? What? Christianity, God. I love it. I love my class tonight. But for us, it's not a religion. It really is a decision. We make decisions every day. We're not living in fear of something falling on our head. We're making a decision for a God that we said we love. Oh, okay. Y'all catching me tonight? You're making a decision every day with your behavior because you want to have a connection with the person, a living being you said you love. See, when Christianity ceases to be a living thing, that you fall into religion and ritual. Why seek ye the living among the... But in Adam, all what? Oh, wait a minute, I have a class tonight. So let's think about that for just a moment. If in Adam, all died, and God says, why seek the living among the dead? Well, we're doing the work of Adam 
warm-up class. If your flesh is dead, why do you think it's going to help you live? What? And not with dead flesh. You can't operate in the will of God with dead flesh. Come on in here. Because we don't realize how many, how much the enemy tries to get us to return back to his dead work. Oh, come on. Culture, everything that we're trying to be demodified from, is a practice of dead deities who are giving us what? Rituals of dead work. Aren't they? And that we're wondering why we cannot find life. I'm just saying, before the garden, God's eternal continuum written by our favorite author, Dr. Paula A. Price, who broke this thing down to us. I mean, she literally broke us into heaven. Isn't it true? She declassified the mystery of our faith. Oh, no? Nobody feels like that this was declassified for you? I mean, we just thought Jesus came because he brought us. He loved loved me. That's why Jesus came. He loved me. But she declassified what love meant. She declassified what life meant. She declassified what life meant. She declassified what you mean. Because see, when you don't know who you are and what you mean in the Christian walk, you will jeopardize it. You will make yourself vulnerable not only to deception, but misuse and abuse. You will abuse yourself. You will abuse the faith because you don't know what you mean to Jesus Christ. For all of us, Jesus loves you stuff that we're supposed to be espousing and making the world feel comfortable with. We have so many Christians who still do not understand what they mean to Jesus Christ and why he did this. Well, he did it because I was going through. No, he did it because he knew he could make you better. It wasn't the trials that put Jesus on the cross. He said for the joy that was set before him, he endured all of that because he was going after the price that can make you better. See, if you think better that Jesus is going for, that's what you mean to him. You mean a better option. You mean a better opportunity. You mean a better outcome. Come on now, here. Why become another version of Adam if you couldn't do it better? Oh, y'all ain't with me in the house. That's what you mean to Jesus Christ. And that's what we're not taught. We're taught about, come on, what he's supposed to do for you. He loves you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to bless you. But you ain't, you've not been taught what you mean to him as a royal priesthood, as a holy nation, as a peculiar people. Oh, come on in here. As a new creation, as a new creature in Christ. What does it mean to Jesus Christ that you said this prayer? What does it mean to Jesus Christ that you surrendered your life? What does it mean to Jesus Christ that you decided to submit and obey? What does it mean to Jesus Christ? It's not just about what it means to you. Because when you don't understand what this thing, come on here. When you don't understand, if you're in a relationship and you don't know what you mean to your spouse, come on. What's going to happen to that marriage? Somebody just talk to me in here. The marriage is going to die. I don't know, Periscope, the only reason the people in the house think the marriage will just die. When only one person knows what the meaning of the relationship is. Dr. Price did something so powerful uh, in the marriage and dating seminar. If you had not had a chance to see that, y'all should check that out. She has great webinars. Oh, amen. amen. Have y'all been a part? Amen. 
I tell you what, the woman is an endless well. We don't know how she pumps this thing out, you know. You almost think there can't be human. <laughs> but then again, she is a human. She's 100% divine. So that divinity keeps coming. Come on, it upgrades us. I told you, it upgrades the DNA. It upgrades your humanity. But she said something so powerful, talking about what you mean to Jesus Christ. I want you guys to think about that this week. This week. What do you mean? What did your decision mean to Jesus Christ? What did your choice mean to walk away from the other gods, to walk away from your old life, to every day commit to crucifying yourself? What does that mean to Jesus Christ? So she says in this, in this, in this webinar, marriage and dating, which I thought was just phenomenal. Okay, wasn't it phenomenal? She said, when you get married, you understand that you have, you're coming into this thing as two separate individuals, having lived two separate lives, two separate experiences, two separate hearts and souls, and all of those things. And that each person knows who they are as an individual. But what they don't know is what the product of the union will become when they unite as one flesh. You have to know not only who you are, but what you mean to your spouse and what you will become as a result of that person entering your life because together you're making a third person. Right. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So when the Father and Son become one, we get the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all ain't hearing with me. Y'all ain't hearing with me. Y'all ain't with me today. And what we have not figured out yet is what is the new person. That's why he said we're going to be a new creature when we unite with Christ. Because, see, we keep telling y'all that this is about a pair, and this is about your activity, and this is about your Bible study, and this is about you going to church. No, this is about your fusion with God. So when you fuse with God's mind, when you fuse with God's heart, and you fuse with God's soul, and you fuse with God's spirit, what is the new creature that's supposed to come out of that? When the two become one. Oh, come on. That's why we're the bride. When the spirit of the bride say, come. The two become one, and a new being, a new creature is formed. That's why he can say you are a new creation. Once I, you fuse with my spirit, once you fuse with the powers of eternal life, oh, come on. You become something new. Because when two married people come together, something comes forth that has not existed before. They shock each other about how much they can, you can rub off spending enough time with a person. My God, today. That's why Dr. Price said you don't want to marry somebody you don't want to become. Because marriage is supposed to change you into a it's supposed to form a new creature. Okay. Because your individual self is supposed to die. Oh, y'all all right. You die to individuality for the unity. Oh, y'all with me? You die to individuality for the unity. And that's what we don't get when we're dealing with our salvation. You're dying to your individual self. This whole authority of the believer, self-expressive, individualized Christianity that we're purporting is crazy. Well, if you want to believe that, but I want to believe that. Your truth, my truth, this is my truth, this is my faith, this is my expression, these are my thoughts, this is my opinion. You see this? This individualized, independent Christianity, that means you cannot produce the union. So the product of the union can't happen because you're finding ways to hold on to your individual life. 
can't let out of your soul. You just need to have that faith. You still need, come on. It's almost like, this is what Jesus Christ has to go through when we do that. It's almost like the spouse that gets married because he thinks it's going to cure his sexual addiction. They think it's going to cure their, their, their rambunctious single life. So I'm getting married to settle me down. So they get into this union, right, because they're trying to heal some issues. They think that the marriage itself is going to redeem them. I don't know if anybody got married for redemption. Praise the Lord, Periscope. But there are people who jump into marriages for redemption. And so all throughout the marriage, they can't stop going for the taste. Oh, y'all ain't with me. It's not you. That's what we have to tell God all the time, don't we? Jesus, it's not you. It's me. I just need to have this. The idea of 100% fidelity to God scares everybody. Because we know that it means you have to give something up. But we know when you're stepping into a real marriage, you're supposed to be giving something up. Is that not true? Would y'all say it's true, Facebook? When you're getting into a marriage, you're giving things up. You're giving up your independence. You're giving up your individuality. Okay, so I'm not going to just go and do things on my own. I'm going to have to sacrifice. Now when I want to go to school, i got to think about my spouse. If I want to have kids, whatever, come on here. But when we start saying that you should have that same mentality about your relationship with Jesus Christ, that you should give him that same fidelity, fidelity rather, what do you automatically become labeled as? Religion. A zealot. A fanatic. For giving up your life. Now you do it for a man on earth who can't guarantee your soul when you in a sick bed, can't get you out. Now you marry for sickness and hell, but guess what? When you're sick and going down, your spouse can't save you. Your spouse can't resurrect you. Your spouse can't heal you. But yet, so the man who can't, you're not supposed to give that level of fidelity to. Uh-oh. Holiness is 100% fidelity. Oh. Because what do we say? What, what causes a marriage to break? One of the key elements. Bible talks about it. Everybody talks about it. What is it? Come on, Samir. You just say it. Adultery. Is that what you just said? Come on, adultery. And what is Adultery. Infidelity, because what? You broke the what? I'm up there, wait, y'all, y'all know me, I'm on the bus. Let's go, I'm on the face, I'm on the board tonight, y'all, come on here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you can't laugh. Because <laughs> I'm on the board. The marriage is no longer whole. A third party has come in. So when your marriage breaks, we say it's not whole anymore. It, but something else has broken the wholeness, has broken the, well, we'll put it over here, purity, which is the substance of holiness. When something is pure or considered holy, that means it is of a pure substance. Nothing has tainted it. Nothing has intermixed with it. Nothing else has touched it. It's 100% pure. Amen? Will we say amen on that? So when impurity enters, it breaks the wholeness or holisticness. Remember, we're all this kick about organic Christianity. Holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. So the holisticness of a marriage is destroyed because something impure has entered it. The pure 
Oh, come on. That's why God said, be holy as I am holy. God is 100% committed to you. He's not cheating on you. He's not turned to another source. He did not abandon you for another piece of creation, not even for the angels that didn't mess up. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me today. He did not turn away from you. He said, I am a faithful creator. I will not deny myself. He did not turn away from you. He decided to keep you in your crazy state and stay holy to this idea. He stays by delicate to the idea of you being saved and you being made perfect by the blood of the Lamb. Name one time in which the God here said, you know what, we can't do her. Fuck, we can't do her. We're going to waste it right now. We ain't doing it. Priest of out, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. For a species that's okay. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Because holiness is a decision. It's held together by God's will. Remember, he said the motive for everything he did in the scripture was his will. Because he willed to do so. Why are we saved? Not because of our works, but because of God's will. Oh, y'all, y'all with me? Nothing was done. Nothing was done. But it's not your decision to get married and stay with someone and life and death, sickness and health and all those things you're supposed to do with, good and bad and the ugly and in between, isn't it a matter of the will? We think it's a matter of love and emotion, but we find out if you make a decision on that, your marriage is gone in a week. It's a decision of the will. It's what you will to do. It's what you will to keep. It's what you will to fight for. It's what you will to preserve. It's what you will to protect. It's what you will to do. You think that Jesus Christ don't have bad days? Come on in here. I'm sure when Lucifer stood up and iniquity was found in him, that was a bad day. He said that the, the moment he realized, okay, how humanity was being bullied and overpowered by darkness, it was a bad day. Genesis, right? This. He had a bad day. Noah's flood was a bad day. Oh, y'all ain't with me in the house. But what keeps God going is the counsel of his own will. I made a decision, and I will honor my word. When you're in a union, you make a decision to honor your word. If you're a minister of the kingdom, the Lord Jesus Christ, what keeps you going is honoring your word. Dr. Price taught us when we were going to step into the prophetic, and I got prophets in training in here and prophets of ordination in this room to testify. She said, I'm going to give you two things. Well, probably did. You remember this. We were in a clinic with Dr. Price, and we were shaking in our boots as teenagers, and she's like, y'all going to be our prophetic company. A prophet is like, I ain't graduated from where you yet. So he said, you're going into training. And our first clinic, when she hand out the handbook, she's going to tell you the first two rules of being a prophet. Shut up. And honor your word. And let me tell you something. 18 years later, guess what? We're honoring our word. And it, it was an act of the will, not an act of deal. Oh, y'all with me. Deal fades, but God's will stands. Not only does it stand, but everything in creation can stand on it because it's that sure, it's that solid. It's that much of a foundation. It's that anchor that 
stand and rest. The sun can go up because they know God's will for it ain't going to change. The moon can come up because they know God's will for it is not going to change. Oh, come on in the place. You talk about uh, the Israel tearing God up, the front and down the back, cheating on him with every harlot. He said, you like laying a harlot under every tree with every deity out there. But guess what he said? But I made a promise uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, come on. That do you. Come on. All the nations of the world would be blessed. That's how strong the powerful the will of God is. The question is, how powerful is your will? What do you mean to Christ? We think a lot about his obligations, but you don't think about what your faithfulness means to him in this union. Can you tell Jesus Christ in sickness and in health? Can you tell him in, for the good and bad? Or in his case, for the love and hate, for the persecution? Oh, come on. I'm going to stay with you. 100% fidelity. That's what manages holiness. If you have not made a commitment on that level that you love this man to that degree, forget it. All the other trappings of Christianity and of the Christian faith will not save you. They will not keep you. They will not hold you. That's why he says in the end, Love conquers all. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. I want you to think about that. Because, see, we always think about love from this very passive, demure place, don't we? It's a demeanor. It's the way you talk. Hi, my name is Prophet Tyler. And do you know that Jesus led you? Well, I go back out and step in the back and commit all acts of treachery. Because love isn't about those things. It's not about expression. It's about commitment. Are y'all hearing me today? It's not about expression. It's about commitment. It's what you're willing to commit yourself to. 100%. Whatever you're willing to commit yourself to, 100% is what's going to determine the performance of your love. Because love is a performance word. It's not an expression. Because you can express something you never do. Oh, okay. Who said it? You can express something you never do. So love is a performance word, which is why God performs love. Oh, come on. I hope y'all sharing. I didn't get a chance to tell you to share some stuff tonight. Yeah, keep sharing Facebook. Share it with somebody. Pass this along because y'all know people who are stumbling in the way of their Christianity, and they're using all the poor excuses of the dead work flesh of Adam to justify it. Oh, come on. Instead of falling in love with the living word. And we say you just need to perfect your love walk. Well, I submit to you today that if you perfect your love walk towards God, we wouldn't need to be having these conversations. Oh, wait a minute. Did I get in trouble? Perfect your love walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there, and there will exist no law on earth for you. Oh, did y'all catch me? Yes. If you can perfect your love, you there will exist no law. Because he said, but the love is above every law. Why? Because when you love something, you don't need a law. Right. 
Because God coded your DNA to know how to respond to his virtues. Mm-hmm. Because he already decreed that it was right. See, we think that God just prefers righteousness. Yes, he does prefer it, but if, when we're studying here in the continuum, he designed it. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. God designed righteousness like a software engineer. He designed it so that it can have an existence with performance outcomes, existing responses, reactions, and expressions, like your phone. See, it was designed this way. So it responds automatically to certain things. The responses, the reactions, and the performances were all built in. That's why we live when we're under love. We die when we're under hate. We prosper when we're in peace. We suffer when we're in chaos. Because it's been what we've been talking about. Come on, what's the word that we've been talking about? Resolution. And I'll write it this way. I know you guys cannot see that I'm periscope necessarily. And enjoy my chicken scratch while you're at it. The resolution. Righteousness was a resolution. Before I even put things in motion, my will decreed and decided that righteousness would equal these things. Righteousness will work by love, by joy, by peace, by gentleness, by loving kindness, by long suffering. Oh, come on in the place. My love will work by, my righteousness will work by those things. And when those things are in motion, you will get those results. Why did he say the wrath of man will not what? Because he designed his righteousness. He wasn't leaving it up to you to decide. See, the problem with morality is that we have said that morality is what is what? What we consider right, acceptable. Here's what I found out because I looked this up. Because y'all going to be proud of me because, you know, we're studying prophecy and all this, right? Because we don't study prophecy and all this. This is going to be very important when we get into simultaneity and synchronicity. Okay? So believe it or not, I'm building a foundation for you. You don't realize I am, but I am. Okay? But morality, which has become our standard of right, okay? And I'm sorry that this board already needs spray. Sprayer! (laughs) But it's based on morality. Now, if you look in scripture, you'll never see that. You'll never see this term. Because it's fluid and it's based on customs. This is considered what is justified or acceptable. Interesting definition, isn't it? No, Prophet Adias. Okay, okay, share that thought. You said that you don't like it because it's. No, I'm saying that definition is subjective, which is why God would not use it. It's subjective. That's why God would not use it. 
in a delusion are that, like he said, people will be willing to die. Oh, y'all with me? They'll be willing to do it. Because it's been proposed to you as the alternative salvation. Well, at least when I'm drugged, I don't have to think about this world. The alternative salvation. Oh, y'all with me? But God pre-thought how the alternative would play out. He crafted his opponent's demise. Oh, y'all ain't with me. Did he not? He crafted the demise of his opposition. See, that's what you do when you can come up with a pre-solution. When you think of everything that's going to come against you, every problem that you're going to have ahead of time, and design a solution or a resolution for it. Because that's what he did. His pre-solution becomes resolutions that we live in action. Like God's resolution to you drinking your head off? Yeah, it's death. God's resolution, pre-solution, and resolution, okay, of you wanting to mentally escape and every kind of, you know, drug, pharmaceutical, is death. Us not wanting to take care of ourselves, us needing to be, he, he, y'all forget that gluttony, right, is one of them. <laughs> and we do, in America, we do it, we go do it big, we do it to the max. America gonna do it to the max. We gonna take that thing to the maximum, aren't we? And we forget that that little piece of something he gets you coming and going. And it's like, God, why are we out here dying like this? When every disease on the man, do you see yourself? <laughs> you gorge on things. We're not gonna have one coat. We gonna have the pack. And if you anything like me, it ain't going to be one snicker. It's going to be the bag. <laughs> and then I want to look at God and talk about what? He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is one. What is the one fruit of the Spirit that we never hear preached about?
How do you govern yourself? And God's like, look, I know that y'all dark, dull, blind, deaf, and possibly dumb. Okay? So I have to give you laws and put things in place for you and my children all the time in hopes that they will grow up as an adult that can govern themselves. So your house rules was to produce a self-governing, functional human being. It wasn't designed to be a cudgel to anyone except the rebellious. You don't need house rules when you got good children. Y'all with me? Oh, come on in the place. Self-control. God put all of the solutions and did all of this before work and finish it all so that he can maintain control. So that even our rebellion will never be out of his control. Satan's rebellion never got out of God's control because he came up with the pre-solution for his behavior. Which is why he can enact the resolution in their appointed time. Y'all with me? Never out of control. How do you give people free will and never be out of control? Who wants to answer that question? Facebook, y'all with me? You still hanging? Come on and share with your friends. This is some good information tonight. We're going into classroom setting. Is that all right if we do a little bit of class tonight? But share with your friends because a lot of them have these questions. So if God has given us free will, how is it that he can maintain control? Consequences. And design. Right? Design, yes, that's true. There are things built into the design that he knows will absolutely not work. Yeah. Okay, Prophet Ashley. Well, Good evening. Free will does not mean you're in control. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know if you can heard that term, but she said in Facebook, she said free will does not mean that we are in control. So then what does it mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead.
getting all in the way. So I'm going to design your options because I'm going for a particular outcome. So when we're thinking about this, let's put up on the board. Salvation, life, and death. Let me put it here. Our favorite word. So, in the beginning, God created. Okay? Can we say that? In the beginning, God created these options. Salvation and condemnation. So, he can control his outcome. What will produce life and what will produce death. Y'all with me? And he put all the options together. So when Jesus Christ comes telling you the way to life, he's letting you know these are all the design options that will produce this outcome. There's no other options that are going to produce this outcome. Because we've already pre-designed all of your options so we can get this outcome. You see how we already got that through? So the only way to get Jesus' result is to do it Jesus' way. Okay. The only way to get Jesus' results are to do things Jesus' way. And not just the way you perceive them, and not just the things that you understand, and not just the things that you agree with. Because disagreement will bring discord with the way. And it will contaminate your outcome. And we're surprised. Why are we not getting the outcome? Because we didn't do it the right way. We didn't do it the right way. Mercy and grace aside, if you don't do things the right way, you get the wrong result. If I enter the wrong phone number or passcode for blog talk, I ain't getting connected. If I accidentally put the wrong email in, it's not going to where I want it to be sent. So regardless of my intention, the actions were not performing the right way. I didn't choose the right options. My actions didn't stay within my options. Oh, come on here. So because my actions didn't stay within the options, guess what? I ended up contaminating my results. Oh, come on. If you don't stay within the options, you cannot hold God accountable. To his outcome. Because see, what we teach you is that you're going to be able to judge God if we're doing it now. We're going to judge God for the outcome, but not do anything his way. But we judge him for the outcome. Why is my so-and-so dead, and this happened to my kid, and this happened to my life? Oh, come on here. Uh-huh. We're judging him for the outcome, but never, ever bother to learn our options. So we can align our actions and we can align our behavior with those actions. If you want Christ's results, we have got to do it Christ's way. Oh, y'all with me? We've got to do it the Christ's way. Because he kept saying, I am the, and then I am the, and then what am I? The only option. The only option. The only option. And we keep trying to create or teach you that we can create alternative options. 
something that you swear you know what it is. Stop! And you want to go to the computer? You want to tell? Just go to the computer! This is my password! Oh, I forgot the star. <laughs> Bye, nice. 
And somebody, let's just say that, you know, I'm going to erase the when they were young. When they were young, I'm going to tell y'all going to love on me today. And parents don't have no choice. So this is, this is how Wednesday Warriors got started. When the Wednesday Warriors back. Yes, I mean, this is a rugged thing. How much you know this is rugged teaching today? We're doing the rough time. We got no technology. Come on, Wednesday Warriors. All right, so when you think about now, Because someone changed your view. 
The Bible won't make sense unless God gives you his sight on it. He said, to, he said, to them I will speak in parables, but to you it was given to know the kingdom. So I'm going to open your eyes so that you can see. So if you're born again, you can what? See the kingdom. The first thing you have to do is be able to see God's kingdom before you can enter it. He's got to change your perspective about everything that the devil told you, your demonic theology. He's got to change your demonic theology before he can get you to see his kingdom the right way and see that the solution is the alternative, the redemption that he called it to be. This week, Tina Wheeler, the way you see it, Nina, uh, Nilda, Prophet Nilda, the way you see it, on Facebook, the way you see it, switching, <laughs> the way you see it, Francine, the way you see it. How well you're going to perform as a prophet and what God calls you to do is going to come down to the way you see it, what you buy into, who's you, who's perspective, who's report. Oh, come on. Janelle is going to be the way you see it. Whether or not you win at what God assigned you to do and this, this vision that you hate in your heart and that you've been trying to achieve for a long time, it all comes down to the way you see it. If you can see yourself achieving that and conquering that according to God's will for your life, it's going to come down to the way you see it. Right, Celia? It's coming down to the way you see it. And your whole life has literally revolved around your own view and sight. So if things are going to shift for you, you have to ask God to open up your eyes so that you can see the totality of the call, the intent, the purpose, right down, separate, joint, marrow, soul, Spirit, all of it, it comes down to that, the way you see it. Bonnie Simmons, the way you see it. Apostle Harry Dawkins, yes, your next shift in life is going to be about how you see it. If success or failure is going to rest on whose view you buy into. Tyree Walton, the way you see your life and the way you see God working with you. You are a person that most of all tonight needs to think about what you mean to Christ. You need to think about what you mean. Stacy, your next promotion, Stacy Greenlee, I'm so glad that you're on the call today. Your next promotion is going to come down to the way you see it and what you're willing to fight for. You have got to fight for your destiny. I hear God saying that to you. Fight for it. You fought for the education. He says, go the distance and fight for everything that belongs to you, everything that's supposed to produce in your life. But it's going to come down to the way you see it and what you consider the most valuable thing to you right now. Because your success is going to be determined by what you make your top priority. Yolanda Dawson, the way you see it, your next move is going to come down to the way you see it. Is it a risk? Okay. Or is it fear? You're going to have to think about the way you see it. I don't know. I don't know. This may not be, this may not be God. I don't know if this is going to be the right thing for me. And so what may be a, a literally a calculated risk for you, you're turning into a detriment or some sort of captivity or crisis waiting for you in the wind, and that's not true. Pat McInerney comes down to the way you see it. And what I like about you is that you are always determined in the midst of your trial to see God's prophecy on your life. That is, you are one woman that never let go of his word. And I'm going to tell you what, because of that, before you leave this planet, you will enter in. First Lady Tarver is about the way you see it. You're in the same thing for you and your ministry and going forward, the way you see it. You can see it the way people told you and all the words of defeat, or you can choose to go back to the first word, go back to the first love.
of, go back to the first command and keep plowing that ground and do it again the way God told you. This time, modesty opinion of others. Same thing with you, Stephen Simon, the way you see it. It's going to be the way you see it. Your, your ministry growth, your expansion is going to be not only the way you see it, but the way you decree it. Because you've got a lot of people decreeing a lot of things that are confusing matters, but it's going to come down to the way you see it and whose vision will stand on that issue. Stephanie Jones, the way you see it. Heather Covington, the way you see it. Now, God's going to change some things for you financially. This next thing that he's going to do to break your household free is going to come down to the way you all see your next financial opportunity. So God says, open your eyes. Don't be afraid to take some steps and some uh, uh, movements on the things that he told you can work out for you. But provision is assigned to you, but it comes down to the provision. You can realize that you can't even get a, okay, your supply and provision is off about how God wants to bless you. Provision of beforehand. Okay, so you need to not be afraid to move on some things financially for your life to secure the next move for your life. Jackie, Thomas, the way you see it. Jason, Stafford, it's going to be the way you see it. Because your, your uh, career does not have to end the way it, the, the norm is. God says there's a lot of things can open up for you. But it comes down to the way you see it. You're getting a little tired of certain things happening and certain cycles for you. But he says in this season, it's going to come down to the way you see it and what it is that you're going to be pursuing next. Whether you want to go after those big doors or whether or not this is the point in which you say, you know what, I am cool right here. Whatever the decision it is, let it be yours and let it be something that you and God are going to commit to. But it's going to come down to the way you see it. Elida and a hill, it comes down to the way you see it. Prophet Toya Brown, you know your move. You make your move, and your move is going to come down to the way you see it. The money is going to be attracted to that. The resources are going to be attracted to that. It's going to be the way you see it. Love me, praise God. All right. Everything for you is about changing your view. Your whole training is about changing your view so that God literally can shift the outcomes of your life. And this is going to be that season where you're going to begin to see certain outcomes begin to shift slowly but surely because God's taking so many steps out, you almost feel like you had laser surgery and can't hardly see because the Lord is moving so mightily in the way your views are to shift your actions. It's happening. Dr. Spears, you already know that God is shifting the way you see it. God, I, 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 today I release this on these people that are watching with us that you would visit them and visit them in their situation and call them, Father God, to be uh, expanded in their view, to help them understand, God, what it is that you are doing, that they would come into alignment, that they would come into agreement, God, and even cooperation with the things that you want released in their life in this season right now. And so, God, I thank you for Johnny Collins, for uh, Nicole for Kone, for Anita, for Lynn Hicks, God, for Mrs. Neek, I'm so glad you reached out to me. Girl, it comes down to the way you see it. Your past can be uh, looked at as a whole bunch of a lot of stuff, but God says it comes down to the way you see it. You can see it as uh, something that you regret, or you can see it as the foundation or the springboard that brought you into life and victory in Christ Jesus. Dr. Christ told me, she said, you cannot be ashamed of the trials that made you who you are, and you have got a lot of things that have made you great. So do not be ashamed of the things that God used to make you great. And when people bring it up, say, yes, the Lord used that to make me wonderful. 
okay? That is your testimony. For, for Apostle Nona, I thank you, God, for what you're doing and how you're shifting, not only her sight, but the way her people even see the vision on that house, that you are causing them, Father God, to come into a wave of freshness, fresh look, fresh perspective, fresh understanding, fresh outpouring, God, just freshness sweeping through Antioch right now in Jesus' name. That's going to shift them, Father God, into new thoughts, into new ideas. There's no mistake that media is becoming the forefront, God, because you're changing their vision. You're changing their sight on who they are. And they're going to be that strong and mighty nation, God. Can that can a small nation become great in a day? God, we know that it can and that you're going to release them to that in this season, a mighty arm and a mighty hand and a mighty weapon in in the Lord. He's going to use you for great and mighty and powerful things, even as a small one. Yes, you may start small as a seed, but you will end as a mighty hope. Tyranny, God, thank you, the way she sees it, even her job, Therese, the way you see it is how it's going to be. So, God, I thank you for giving her the grace and giving her the strength to see this, God, from your perspective. And the same thing for Jacqueline Hurtley and Stephen Holt, Jr. I thank you, God, it's the way he sees it. The way he's seeing his call right now is going to bear the fruit that's going to shift his entire generational line. So, God, let it be done and let it be so and let it be now for each and every person that we've called out today and even others whose names we did not call out, God. Into the perspective, bring them back under the auspices of the Almighty and remove the cloud of darkness and mirage of defeat of the enemy that is trying to overshadow your church, rob your harvest, and steal your inheritance, God. I thank you for removing the veil of blindness now that is trying to sedate us and bring us in alignment again with your son and the and all that he saw. When he died on that cross, he saw something, God, that we need to see a victory that we know is ours in him. And I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give. Yes? Yes? You can follow me at www.colorprice.com. You can sow a seed. I always invite you to sow, 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 sow. Praise the Lord. Okay, if we want you to do that, we want you to sow. And this week, I want you to sow for new eyes. Some of y'all might need them in the natural, but a lot of us need it in the spirit. And I want you to put a seed out on that for the for your eyes to be open. Sow a seed for that tonight, because we don't sow into the corruptible. We sow into the incorruptible. So that's www.tallerprice.com. You can sow on PayPal. You can sow uh, on the Square Cash or whatever thing that is up, that uh, works the best for you. Both options are there. But sow into your new site. Sow into your new vision. Some of y'all need fresh perspective on the thing. You've been looking at the same thing the same way for so long, can't see nothing in it. No hope, no life, no future. But I want that to change today. So so into that. That's www.colorprice.com. All right, thank you, warriors. I want to thank the whole warrior nation. Hey, and and I'll say some thanks for joining me. Again, stay connected all week in the Wednesday Warrior Book Club, or you can follow me on Twitter as well. Until then, God bless you, and keep your eyes open. Yes, if you have money in here, you can just give it to me. I'll pray for your vision as well. I'll pray over every seed. I'm serious, because this is a serious spiritual transaction. You know, I got to do that because I can't believe it.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.